Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour number two, Sports Sunday, soon to be Football Sunday. Uh... Gonna miss talking about all these non-sports, you know. It, the timing couldn't be better, though, you know, because all the sports will have actually, you know, stopped. Basketball kind of starts like right around middle of October now, something like that, mm-hmm. October twentieth. But football Sunday rolls around, man, and it's all football. It's all college, all NFL, fantasy, which I'm looking forward to. I think we're doing the, I think we're doing the fantasy draft again. I'm not sure, you know. We got to talk to. Talk to the people that uh, try to get us money, pay pay the bills over here. I mean, it's been so successful and it's grown every year. I don't know why we wouldn't do it again this year. Well, well, I plan to do it. And it looks like France has won the World Cup. Is that is that accurate? Uh, I don't know. Is it? You're, I don't know. You're watching. They're doing it. They're doing a celebratory clapping oh, dance. Full, full so time. it looks like four two France defeats Croatia in the. The finals of the World Cup. Well, there you go. Congratulations to France. They, I mean, you come out on top of this, then you're you're pretty dope. So, honestly, haven't watched. I've watched one game, and I was kind of like, huh, yeah, it's cool. It's a lot of running back and forth for possibly no score. So, I don't know. If I said I watched sixty seconds of the World Cup, I'd be lying. No, no, you, yeah, um, yeah, no, I'd. I don't know. No, no offense to any soccer fans. You know, go Timbers. However, I'm all about watching anything at its pinnacle, at at its best. Like I could understand watching the World Cup. It would still probably bore me, but I could, I could understand like watching it, especially in the elimination phase of the of the bracket. Not, not where you're doing the seeding and everything, but the actual elimination phase. I could see getting excited about that. But I'm just like I said, I'm so put off by FIFA, um, these these organizations, the World Olympic Committee. Like, just I'm, I'm kind of done with that kind of stuff where uh, it should be about the sports. It should be about what it is bringing the world together, and it's more about the money and all that kind of jazz. And eh, I'm just kind of over that. Well, either way, man, congratulations to France. Congratulations to Croatia, who made it all the way to the final of And the that world is a Cup. great story. That is an awesome story. So congratulations to both teams, both countries. For you know, 
going out there, and, and both teams play hard, to quote the great Rasheed Wallace. Um, one person that I have watched most of my life as a football fan is the great Terrell Owens, the talented yet quote-unquote controversial wide receiver, uh, has finally made it into the Football Hall of Fame. Um, however, in his own way of kind of spurning the Hall of Fame, he's decided, well, I won't be doing my speech there in Canton. I'm going to do it at my school, which is like, oh, no. what University of Cha- uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. Ch- the, yeah, University of Tennessee Chattanooga. Uh, and a lot of people are very, very upset that T.O. would dare disrespect the Hall of Fame by not showing up. And I start with this. The Hall of Fame should apologize to T.O. for not allowing him or not putting him into the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. There's no reasonable explanation for T.O. not being a first ballot Hall of Famer. Not at all. You're going to tell me you didn't like the way he interacted with the writers, and so they decided that he wasn't worthy of going in despite his work ethic, despite the fact that every team T.O. has played for has gotten better. Every team. He came to Philadelphia in one year. For whatever reason, Donovan McNabb couldn't make it over that hump. Been to the NFC Championship game, I believe, three years prior and just couldn't get there. He gets T.O. in one year. And mind you, T.O. didn't even play in that game. And they got all the way to the Super Bowl. And then he gave one of the most inspiring Super Bowl performances in a loss that you would ever see. Playing on pretty much a broken ankle and having arguably the greatest receiving game in in Super Bowl history. This is the player the T.O. is. So people are mad at him because he didn't like talking to media. Media is, media is jerks. Let's be real. Some, And I guess I'm in the media now, too. And, you know, I'll be real. We can be kind of jerks. How many times have we called, sat here and called Myers Leonard trash or soft or any one of those things? You know, never even met Myers Leonard. Just judging based off of what we see on the court. Well, if we're judging what we see on the court from T.O. or on the field for T.O., Man, he's been nothing short of phenomenal most of his career. The last year he played with the Bengals, he had eight touchdowns. With the Bengals? You serious? Like, that's how good T.O. really, really was. So for him not to be voted in on the first ballot was was really disrespect to him. So now for the Hall of Fame, but and then do it again a second year. That was the slap in the face. Not getting in the first year, okay, whatever. You're mad about stuff, I get it. I'll get in next year. Not getting in the second year, now you're being petty. Okay, this is a, that's a little bit strange now. So you got a guy like that who's, I believe, second all-time in uh, receptions and third all-time in touchdowns. And if you're talking about top receivers in the NFL, T.O. is, it, it can be argued he's number two of all time. Number one receiver of all time is Jerry Rice. Let's get him out of there. He's not part of the conversation. Who's number two is a better conversation? And there's only two guys that you would ever put in that position. Do you know who they are, Jesse? Uh, probably Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Terrell Owens. Well, yeah. you're half right. You're half right. One is I think I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to be four for me, four okay. or four or five all time. But for me, it's it's To and Randy Moss. Ah, uh, that yeah, there we go. I yeah. think those are the three greatest wide receivers of all time. And for To to be at the top of his class in every single category 
and you let guys like Marvin Harrison in. Who I think Marvin Harrison shot somebody. Didn't he? I think he shot someone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did, but he got in the Hall of Fame before him. But Michael Irvin, he had something to say. Now, mind you, this is Michael Irvin we're talking about. But um, he says, as far as the NFL not choosing to not acknowledge T.O. during the Hall of Fame, he says, I think it's the right move. They're not saying he's not going to have a bust in the room. They're not saying he's not going to get his jacket. They're saying we're honoring his wish uh, he doesn't want to be here. We're not going to. We're going to mention him as little as possible. I think it's the right move. I think he's not going to be there because he's again been felt like he's been disrespected twice. And so why would I go and stand there and act as if I'm humble to you or if I'm grateful for this opportunity? I'm sure T.O. is very grateful to be put in the Hall of Fame and be acknowledged for all of the work that he's put in. But at the same time, I think the NFL has to understand that or they, they they messed up on this one. We got a text here on the Better You Today text line. Uh, the Hall of Fame has nothing to do with players getting in. It's the writers who do. Absolutely. And I think that's the issue. Players don't get to vote. People that are in the Hall of Fame don't get to vote. That's no, you do the, in the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, if Once you get in the Hall of Fame, you get a vote. So I think it should. Oh, I, so I think it should be a few writers. I, I think it's unfair that the writers get most of the, yes. the, the say. The people that have never actually laced up their, you know, their cleats at least on a college or professional level, to say that, man, these this this guy is the most worthy of being in there because he was the most fun to write about. And they typically have an axe to grind. You know, if they, if they butted heads with you, they're they're not going to forget that when it comes voting you into Hall of Fame. And that and that is a problem because you need to look past that. What because not that character shouldn't be a, a part of that, but this is about what this guy was on the football field and plain and simple, what he was on the football field was a top five receiver all the time. Um, on the other hand, very rarely do uh, players get in on the first ballot, let alone receivers. So I, I understand why he didn't get in. And, and a two-year wait's not the longest wait of all time. But at the same time, I mean, we had this conversation last year. Why wasn't he voted in? To and the Marvin Harrison was voted in the first time, and T.O. wasn't. It's like, wait, what? Like, that makes no sense. And mind you, this is, you know, my, Michael Irvin is one of the greatest receivers of all time. But I think receiver is the one position where there's a lot of jealousy and there's a lot of um, resentment towards, you know, other guys just because they feel like they maybe don't get the shine they should. Michael Irvin's one of the greatest receivers ever, and we never talk about him as being a top five guy. I don't. I mean, I, I knowing he's talented and still, but I think there's still some diva there with a lot of the receivers and retired receivers uh, through history. Uh, all right, coming up next, man, Jimmy Buckets turned down $110 million in four years to stay with the Minnesota Timberwolves. What does that mean for the Blazers? We'll talk about that when we come back right here, Sports Sunday on the Fan. were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10-17, Sunday morning, beautiful Sunday morning as I look out the window to the beautiful Willamette. Forget, forget what they're always talking about with the poop-filled Willamette. Man, that's, that's just them throwing shade, man. Yes, poop-filled. Yes, definitely. But... 
no, don't ask, don't tell. You know, just go ahead and put your feet in a, a nice blue part. It's not as poop-filled in the summer because we don't have all the rain, which makes all of that, you know, waste system overflow into the river. So, eh, not as poop-filled, Bulabeta? No, I guess not. Um, Jimmy Butler, or Jimmy Buckets, as I like to call him, just declined a four-year, $100 million extension from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, I think most people, if you've been following along, um, you know Jimmy Butler has had some aspirations to play in New York. Kyrie Irving, who I think might be the softest player in the NBA, uh, next to Kevin Durant, um, he wants to go play in New York as well. New York Knicks, probably the worst-ran franchise in all of sports, um, and that includes teams like uh, the Browns. Um, that includes teams like, I don't know who else has been pretty terrible, the Marlins. Like I think the Knicks are a top-tier terrible team. You know, four, four teams, top-tier terrible team. That's what the Knicks are. And but the, that hasn't stopped Jimmy Bucks from wanting to go there. He has declined his four-year option. That makes him well a, a, a free agent next year to go out there and get some big money. But that means there's one year on his contract where you've got some action there. Uh, the Blazers are seemingly still in the talks. You know, you still hear their name when you mention Kawhi Leonard, at least a little bit. Maybe not a whole lot, but. The Blazers, at least amongst Blazer fans, Kawhi Leonard, it's still very much an option for the Trail Blazers. I don't think Kawhi is going to happen. I mean, if he gets traded, I don't think Popovich is going to trade him in the Western Conference. I think they'll be trade. He'll be traded somewhere out east, and somewhere like Przingis or something like that is coming to the Knicks. So I don't think that's going to happen. Jimmy Butler, though. Again, I don't think that's going to happen either. I think the Blazers, you have an asset in C.J. McCollum, and you know you have that asset. And I think when you go out and get all those guards, you're sending a message to Blazer fans and otherwise. I think we all kind of knew that something was coming down the pipe with C.J. McCollum. The minute you got Anthony Simons with the 24th overall pick and then went out and got Gary Trent Jr. in the second round, you kind of knew that they were gonna make a, there was going to be a shift in the guard position. Um, Simons is said to be the the future of Portland, a building block in which they want to use to to progress as they get ready to move forward. What does that mean for CJ McCollum? I, I think it's clear that he still he still got a little money, a little time on his on his deal. I think CJ's got another what two years? Yeah, I think it's two two years. So you haven't been credit. His his name has been involved in a lot of trade rumors for the past couple of seasons. Guys like that don't typically stick around. After your name has been involved in a couple trades, you feel a little disrespected and you get ready to make your own moves. I think C.J. McCollum might be at that point to where his name has been involved in too much. So when it's a time to get some money, I, I mean, I know he can get the most as a Blazer, but what it really surprise you is if, if for whatever reason they can't work a deal out, and CJ remains on the Blazers roster until his deal expires. Would it shock you if he decided to leave? It wouldn't shock me at all. Three more years. Three more years. Okay. So in, in that in that case, I could understand uh, if if you don't talk 
trade after this, I could see you being able to get a deal done. If you're going to have trade talks associated with CJ throughout the rest of his contract, he's not coming back. No, he's definitely not coming back. So, but at that point, but you do have an option with CJ McCollum. It looks like the Timberwolves are looking for uh, some longevity there from Jimmy Butler, and he's not going to give it to him. CJ McCollum has three years left on his contract. That's something that the Blazers could possibly work out. But is Jimmy Butler a player that, if you're a Blazers fan, you would actually want on your team? We do know he can be a bit of a hothead. We know he can be hard to work with. He had issues in Chicago. Uh, He's had some issues in Minnesota. He doesn't get along with Carl Anthony Towns. And Carl Anthony Towns seems like one of the nicest guys you can meet. But, you know, we could be wrong. That could be just all an actor, whatever the case is. But we do know that Jimmy Butler has kind of developed a reputation as a bit of a as a bit of a locker room cancer. Do you trade that, I guess, uh that cohesiveness that the Blazers had for a player like Jimmy Butler? I say that cohesion has gotten you nowhere at this point. It's gotten you to the first round of the playoffs, but most of which was on the back of Damian Lillard playing some of the most minutes in the league. Do you give some of that cohesion up for a which you which are for sure is gonna be a problem, but there's a chance you can get to the second round and beyond with a player like Jimmy Buckets on your team. I, I mentioned it earlier. You have to at this point we're in that point, you're you're not getting a good draft pick. You're you're too good to get a good draft pick. You're not good to truly compete in the playoffs. You're you're in purgatory. You can do two things. You can just tank, which Portland has proved they're not willing to do because they had that opportunity two years ago in the Jason Tatum draft. You had a chance to go out there and get possibly a guy like Jason Tatum, and you chose not to and go get bumped in the first round of the playoffs. So you're not going to do that. You have one other option. You got to make a trade because you're not going to get the draft picks. You're not going to sign a free agent. That gives you one option, a trade, and you can only do one thing. You can you can upgrade, and that means sending an asset like CJ, who is your only true asset that is coveted around the league, that you should be willing to give up. And you should be able to go, CJ, anybody other than Nurkic and Dame, for Jimmy Buckets, for Kawhi Leonard, we'll give you whatever draft, you know, the next two first-round draft picks that you need. Because once again, you should be good enough. Those draft picks don't really, truly matter. Go make a deal. Go swing for the fences and and trust that Dame can talk one of these guys in, into their ear for a whole season and convince them to stay the way Westbrook did in OKC with PG-13. Is Dame really that type of personality? I think we keep saying that, you know, Dame should be able to go in and talk to these guys and get them to stay. Like, is he really that type of, like, you know, that live wire to where he can go out there and just make someone come and 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 play here. Like, I, I don't know if just I haven't haven't encountered Dame a few times and just seen he's a real chill dude. He's a real he doesn't seem like a recruiter, you know, to me, you know, as far as a guy that would actually go out of his way to say, hey, man, man, you should come here and you come come see what's up. But we know he's been on the phone. We know he's been texting to guys in the league, and we know guys around the league respect him. And we also know he is the leader of this team. I, I don't know um, what more it takes other than being than having the respect of your peers, which uh, he, this is a guy that doesn't go out and play. This is a guy that's 
involved in the community around Portland. He's a guy that is one of the best at his craft in the league. He's a guy that has respect from guys like a Jimmy Butler or a Kawhi Leonard. And so when he sits down and has these conversations, it's a lot easier to convince somebody face-to-face when you're, when you're his teammate battling with him year-round uh, to stay than to say, hey, man, think about what it would be if you came and signed with us in free agency when we just know nobody ever comes to Portland in free agency. We've seen people stay after they've come via a trade. Marcus Camby stayed. We traded him away eventually, but he chose to stay. Uh, we've, we've seen that. Now, now we need to do that at the next level. We need to go and get a guy that can really make us competitive in the West, and you're not going to do that without giving up an asset like CJ. No, you're you're definitely not. And we got a text here on the Better You Today text line. Uh, CJ is more of a recruiter than Dame. I don't know that to be the case, but I know what CJ has been doing. He's been selling himself. He's been selling Portland. You know, CJ is on the media circuit. This is what he wants to do when his career uh, eventually ends. And he's doing work now on some local radio stations here in Portland. So CJ is one of those guys that's really in the community and doing some of those things. So he seems like he's doing a great job of trying to sell Portland. The only thing is... I think he might be doing that to his detriment at this point because, you know, he if, if there if there is anyone to go, and we know that it'll be CJ that's first. Well, and, and as whether CJ's Which is a better recruiter or not, that has nothing to do with it because you have a couple guys on this roster that are good enough to be able to trade and upgrade to a guy like a Butler or a Kawhi Leonard, um, and only one of those guys – should be the franchise should be willing to trade and that's CJ and whether he's better at recruiting than Dame that's beyond the point like what I said earlier him having the respect around the league him being a great player and him being somebody that has as well been actively trying to recruit in the offseason getting people to Portland you still have that in Dame so and you still have a, a better player and you still have the heart soul and leader of your team when you keep a guy like Dame you don't necessarily lose all of that when you trade a guy like CJ. Yes, very true. So the Blazers have options right now with guys like Jimmy Butler still being on the board. There's still a couple chess pieces on the board to, to come off. Um, we'll see what happens in free agency over the next few days. Okay, coming up, man. Hate it or love it. Me versus me. We're going to see who wins. Coming up next. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10:33, hate it or love it on the fan. This is I, I you know, I still like this segment. You know, after all this time, it's still fun. So it's a little different without anybody to go back and forth with. But, I'll, uh, I'll go back and forth with you. You just get the W. Okay. Well, I I'll, mean, because we'll definitely take the W. Yeah, we know you'll take the W. Yeah, you know, I love W's. So, okay. Well, shoot. Uh, Let's go. Holy moly, Utah, Memphis. This is a high scoring game right out the bat. I, I was just looking at it. It was 3 3. Now it's 9 5, like 30 seconds later. They're, they're going crazy in Summer League. This uh, 22 seed versus the 27 seed of the uh, <laughs> Summer League. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Let me see if I can find this somewhere. Uh, I believe it is. Let me check out on the guide here. Uh, 728. There we go. 
Yeah, there we go. Get you some summer league basketball. Tight. Tight game right now. 9-5 Utah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to this. Um, we'll stick with some summer league, right? Right, we're talking summer league. Got some summer league action. We got some some stars. One of the big moves in the NBA draft was Atlanta moving up, trading with the Dallas Mavericks to get Trey Young. Trey Young uh, thought to liken to Steph Curry because of his um, crazy distance shooting threes. Uh, recently heard uh, some experts likening him more to Steve Nash. Uh, had a rough start to his summer league, but the last couple games um, has been on fire uh, from three-point range. I believe he hit uh, seven for 15 in his, his last game from threes uh, for you know, 24 points in the game. So basically all of his uh, his contribution on the scoreboard coming from behind the three-point line. Love or hate? Trey Young, despite being likened to Steph Curry and Steve Nash, will end up being nothing more than an ancillary piece in the NBA. Mm. Love. Um, like, I look at Trey Young, and I, I, I see a, a, a good shooter, um, if nothing else. You know, I see an undersized guy. I see a dude who's not as big even as Steph was, you know, when he was coming into the league. Um I see more Jimmer for debt than I do uh, a, a big a big star, and I think you look at this kid and you think you got a light skinned kid with you know with a jumper and instantly man he's Steph Curry man no he is more Jimmer for debt than anything else. He struggled through his first few summer league games, but he's finally started to find his his groove you know as as a as a as a shooter and everything. But the, mind you, this is still in summer league. The little things that you would get, the little shots that you would get. Um, in this summer league aren't happening. You see a bunch of dunks. I just saw a put-back dunk that was nasty. In the NBA, more than likely, that's not going to happen. But uh, Jimmer is one of those guys that I believe he lit the summer league on fire, you know, for a couple games at least, and he was one of those dudes that was a big talking point. Trey Young, obviously, coming from uh, Oklahoma, you know, there's a lot of expectation on him. I believe he was like the freshman of the year or something crazy like that. He at the beginning of the year when he was just incredible. College basketball is a lot different than NBA basketball. It took Steph Curry uh, even some time to really find his groove. Now, mind you, he was good like almost the minute he came to the league. I don't know if um, if Trey Young is the basketball player that Steph Curry is at that point. So, yeah, I see him being a really good piece on the team or a good piece on the team. Possibly a star, but I don't really see him being a star like that. Not 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 anytime soon, at least. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree. I, I think you look at a guy who shoots a three. He doesn't do much else. Like I said, all of his um, points basically came from behind the three-point line. Um, I He doesn't rack up assists. He's not a big rebounder. I, I don't – he's not huge on the defensive side of the, of the ball. And it's like we – He's a seems to be a three point specialist, which to me seems you took him a bit high in the draft for a guy who's a three point specialist. But uh, with that said, I don't I, I don't see how he becomes anything other um, than a guy that comes in and hits some big buckets for you. 
Uh, I could see him being like maybe do some Robert Ori stuff where he really hit, comes in in some big moments and hits some big shots for you, but he's never the star of the team. I could see that. I could see that too. I don't see him being a star of a team. I see him playing alongside those stars. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, you would probably think that that was a bit of a reach then by Atlanta, correct? Like, Dallas most likely wins that that trade? No, because you still need three-point shooting in the NBA. You know, in this NBA, you still need guys that can put up shots and be able to make open threes. I still think he's one of those guys. But I think it's a lot to ask him to be number 30 from the Warriors because he's super special. All right. All right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, this is something that I think is really interesting. This is probably my favorite storyline of the offseason. Um, it goes along with the LeBron James. It's the addition of Lance Stevenson. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Right? If, if for all of you that don't know why uh, Rashad just blew in the microphone, I'm you'll, you'll remember when... In the playoffs, Lance Stevenson blew in LeBron's face while they were getting ready to play. Uh, it was a big deal. ESPN made a big deal out of it. Um, now they're on the same team. Lance Stevenson's a guy who a few years ago with PG-13 was looked like a triple-double-a-game type of guy. Mm-hmm. Now, since then, he's had moments, but he's never been quite the same guy. Love or hate? With LeBron James, Lance Stevenson is going to return to form and look more like that triple-double guy than the guy he's been the last couple seasons. Love. Um, I don't think he'll be the triple-double guy, but I think Lance Stevenson can be a really good player. He was an, He's a LeBron James irritant. Like He's one of those guys that just gets in uh, into LeBron's ear and didn't make it he just he just made things harder for him like i mean and that's all you can really do for a guy against like lebron who can just do really whatever he wants whenever he wants to lance stevenson just irritated the mess out of him you ever had a rock in your shoe and just couldn't get it out but you knew it bothers you're still able to walk and still able to do all the things you want to do but i gotta get rid of this rock that's what lance stevenson is to lebron he's that gnat at a at, at a party that's just in your face and you keep swiping at it and he just keeps showing up every single time now lebron doesn't have to deal with that anymore now you got a real, this is for the first time in LeBron's career, he's got a goon on his team. He's got somebody that's not afraid to make a stupid foul. Like, mind you, JR was just, was a dumb dumb. You know what I'm saying? Jay, that's, that's, <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, like JR Smith, he's my least favorite player in the league. JR could be just a dumb dumb at times, man. Lance Stevenson isn't dumb. Lance Stevenson just doesn't care. He just, he, he doesn't give an F about anything. He's going to go out there and do exactly what he wants. And I think LeBron needs a dude on his team that when things go wrong, is going to step in and be like, hey, man, back up off my teammate. And I think that he's a he's Draymond Green, essentially. Not Maybe not as skilled, but he's a guy that, man, when you need someone to get in your face, you need somebody to be that tough guy for your team, man, he will be the energy that I think the Lakers uh, really need, especially with LeBron. So I think Lance Stevenson is going to be a very good player. Look for him to average 12 points, five rebounds, four, four or five assists a game. I think that's a, a solid number for a player like Lance Stevenson. I think he's probably going to be the most underrated addition in the offseason. This is a guy that I think um, under a guy like LeBron James is going to have that fire that he had a few years ago. Uh, let's remember that that team, that Indiana team, legit had a chance to take down Cleveland. That was yeah, a they were right good there. Team. Danny Granger and company, man, that was a good squad. That, they were right there. That Lance and Lance Stevenson was a huge part of that. Not not he, like he had a guy like PG thirteen. We were talking about PG thirteen kind of the way we were talking about Kawhi now, where he's he's the second best two way player in the league. This is a guy that is a LeBron stopper, and and that so you had this team, and he 
thrived in that environment. That team was quickly blown up, uh, and he's never been the same guy. I, I, you get him next to a guy who wins, who breeds winning in LeBron James. That's going to bring all that confidence back. That's going to bring that bad boy Lance Stevenson back. And I think I agree. I don't think he's going to be a triple double type of guy, but he's going to be closer to that than he is what he's been the last couple of years. Absolutely. It's going to be a uh, reinvented Lance Stevenson in L.A. Uh, one more quick one. Uh, this one I think is interesting. Isaiah Thomas signed a uh, kind of a prove it deal with the Denver Nuggets. He had a bad season last year coming off that hip injury. Um, still kind of not quite the same playing on a veteran minimum deal. Love or hate it. IT comes back and has a respectable season for the Nuggets. Uh, is he healthy? And he's still, I, 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 it was one of those things. He's probably healthier than he was last year. I don't know how healthy he is, but he's in a place that I think wants him. Well, if he's healthy, then I love it. You know, if he's healthy, then IT is easily one of those guys that can put up 19 to 22 points a game, you know, and that's that's easy to me. So uh, if he's healthy, then I absolutely love it. If he's still struggling with that hip, you can't be five foot ten and injured in the NBA. It doesn't work. You got to be one or the other. And when he's hurt, you see how much of a help he is not to any one of the teams that he's on. When he's not hurt and when he's healthy, like he was a big part of that Phoenix Suns team and what they were able to do for the short time that he was there. Uh, he was a huge part of clearly of what the, the Celtics were able to do that season. And um, that was really his best season to date and the, the best season by anyone in, under six feet in the history of the NBA. So he is a guy that can light up the scoreboard if he is healthy. Yes, Isaiah Thomas is one of those dudes that can put up 20 points a game. If he is not, he's going to be just another ancillary part on a Nuggets team that's still building. I think this is a great place for uh, Isaiah Thomas to kind of make a quote-unquote comeback. Um, he's still young, uh, but coming off of a kind of a short offseason, I mean, he, he played all the way through the Eastern Conference Finals with the Boston Celtics the year before, so all that extra uh, basketball. Short offseason, comes back last year, had to play for a couple new teams in Cleveland and the Lakers and uh, new coaches and still dealing with the in, uh, with the injury. Obviously didn't have that playoff experience last year. More time to rehab. Gets to come into a place where they're going to use him off the bench, use him for what they want him to be, and that's a scoring threat. And probably more of a situation like what Boogie Cousins um, is where they probably aren't if he's not ready at the beginning of the season they're not probably going to push it they'll, they'll wait until he's ready to come in and be a true contribution to this team because Denver is one of those teams that was real close last year mm -hmm. they just missed the playoffs they were they were a couple games away from the same record as Portland and so if you can add a guy like Isaiah Thomas and get him a, what he was maybe 85% of what he was two years ago that's the type of guy that can push you over the edge and it, it's it's the perfect type of relationship for both Denver and Isaiah Thomas. Gives him an opportunity to reinvent his career. It gives Denver an opportunity to get a guy and push them over the edge and get them into the playoffs. So I, I think it's uh, 10, 12 points isn't out of the realm of possibility for him. I don't think they'd, they'd sign him if he couldn't pass a physical. So I got that going for me, right? Yeah, there you go. I think I won. Um, I, Rashad... You win. Woo! I I only gave out a few points, but they were all for you, so. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, uh, coming up next, uh, sports. 
right here on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Final segment on today's Sports Sunday. Uh, thanks to the to the text police, man, we were able to make a, a little bit of a correction. It was not Rafael Nadal. Rafael Nadal actually lost yesterday to Novak Djokovic. That was my bad. And Novak Djokovic is the winner of the 2018 uh, Wimbledon tournament title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he won in a sweeping Kevin Anderson uh, for his fourth Wimbledon title. So congratulations to Novak Djokovic. Uh, you know what's cool about Minson's? And this is, you know, more than any other sport, uh, this is the ultimate passing of the guard or passing the torch sport. Um, tennis, men's tennis is, you know, women's tennis is ran by a star. And at a point, it was multiple stars in Venus and Serena. But for the most part, just Serena is the, the, the face of women's tennis. But for men's tennis, however, since I've been a kid, I've been able to witness these, um, these kind of passing of the guard type of uh, situations, you know, where I saw Andre Agassi get beaten by Pete Sampras, you know, and pretty much Pete Sampras became the best tennis player in the world. And then I saw Roger Federer beat up on Pete Sampras and become the best tennis player in the world, you know. And then I've seen um, uh, what's the Rafael Nadal, you know, beat Federer and become the guy. So there's this constant passing of the guard that you'll see. And this is really the only sport that I think you'll see this in. Like, you'll have repeat champions. We've seen the same five or six franchises uh, be NBA champions over the past, you know, 30 years. The Cavaliers are like the only well, one-time. Cavaliers and the, what, the Mavericks are the only champions that have only won once in that whole stretch. You know, since, what, 80, 83? You know, when the Sixers won. And then since then, it's been Lakers, Bulls, Celtics, Pistons, Rockets. You know, those have been the only squads that have really been able to win outside of those two. Tennis, however, you know, it's really cool because you get a chance to see, man, these guys pass the torch. And I think that's the the one really, really cool part about men's tennis. I can't watch it otherwise. I prefer to watch women's tennis. That's one of the few sports that I would actually much rather watch the women than the men. I honestly can't remember the last time I watched a tennis match. Um, it's, it's not for me. That... Uh, that uh, this is a tennis match that went like six hours yesterday, something like that. Yeah. Are you, are you kidding me? Well, I I'm mean, so- there's there's baseball games that go into like 18th innings. Yeah, I'm not. And they stop that. serving beer after the seventh. Like, I think I'm leaving. Like, I don't know if I can stay. There, I I am I, I'm all for going until you got a winner. Like, I, I mean, that's one of my problems with with soccer. Like, just just go, just keep going, guys. Make it happen. Find a winner. Um, don't. Now, I mean, if you have to do penalty kicks, but I mean, you should never end in a draw. No, I, I, think I get that. I think that's silly. But six hours? Yeah. I uh, can't forget about Maria Sharapova. She was a good star and rival of Serena. Yes, she was, and it was super hot. Um, who's Who's the other one that was? She wasn't as she wasn't good, but she was super hot. I can't remember who it was. Tennis player. Uh, yeah. I don't There's know. Sharapova, who was actually good. And then there was someone else who was just actually hot. 
And I can't really remember what her name was, but I know she wasn't wasn't a winner. Uh, the Blazers may win the championship this year. Who would have thought? Well, Summer League, better than a kick in the nugs. Man, that's on the Better You Today text line, man. That's absolutely true. The Blazers actually might get a championship. Uh, it'd be the first time in a while. Um, I think they've won Summer League once before. And I think Dane was the Summer League MVP. So, Wade Baldwin, Summer League MVP? Question mark? You know, we'll see. I would, I'd be okay with that, you know, with uh, Anna Kornikova. That's was what her I was name. just about to say. I, yeah. I looked it up. I was like, Thank you so much, Texas. Yeah. Yes, Anna Kornikova, super hot. I don't really, really remember her ever winning a match, though. I'm sure she did. And I'm sure if she played me in tennis, she would demolish me in straight sets off the serve. I don't think I would ever get a chance to hit the ball back to her. So, but yes, man, she was super, super hot. But women's tennis, it's been, man, Serena has just such a chokehold on that. Like, she came back from being pregnant and damn near made it back to the final for Wimbledon. Kornikova won Grand Slam titles in 99 and 2002 in Australia. So That's cool. WTA championships in 99 and 2000. That's cool. That's a long time ago. 2000 was a, yeah, it was, was a while ago. Uh, when I did mean, she retire? I don't know. Is she still she retired? Kornikova was like the Andy Roddick of women's tennis. Like, she is just the kind of the hot one. And, like, that's what all the – and he, I think he married Brooklyn Decker. So, man, shout out to Andy Roddick for for that one. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what – I don't know much about, like, I'm just – not even act like I know anything about men's tennis. I really don't watch it. I really only watch the final for the most part, and I missed the Wimbledon final. Um, I think it was this morning, sometime this morning, because they're like eight hours ahead. So I missed that. But, man, yeah, shout-out to uh, to Novak Djokovic, man, for making it happen yet again, beating Rafael Nadal. Now I think he's going to be the guy for the next five to, you know, seven years for tennis, and then there'll be a new guy. There's an American kid. Uh, a, a black dude, I don't remember his name, but I think he's supposed to be the next guy. So we'll see if his career kind of pans out. But uh, if you didn't get a chance, man, go ahead and go to uh, go to YouTube, go to Facebook, wherever you watch videos, and check out Pac-Man Jones beating somebody up in the airport. So we kind of teased it earlier in the show, and we had two Pac-Man that had fights this weekend. Uh, both of them won, uh, both of them by TKO. Uh, one of them won a championship. I think the other one's probably going to jail, though. So that's how those fights work out. But last night, Manny Pacquiao won in a seventh-round TKO against whomever the jobber he was that he was fighting against. No one really cares about boxing anymore unless Floyd Mayweather is in. Well, that's going to do it for today. I want everybody to go out there and enjoy your Sunday. Let me know where you're at. Let me know if it's late. You can get at me at TaylorMade503. At Jesse Osmond. He's always responds on his Twitter. Um, Lynch will be back next week, so the group will all be here. Hopefully, we have a guest. I was supposed to have one today. Uh, he's in Vegas for the Summer League doing his job, so maybe next week we'll be able to lure him down and ask him some questions. So we'll hopefully see you guys next week. For Jesse Osmond, I'm Rashad Taylor. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.